0: This episode of the podcast was recorded on the 7th of September 2021 at home in Wicklow and it revolves around expectations and how expectations are such a central part of how we live and how we form our identity and how we understand our relationship with the world both in how we meet the world and in how the world meets us and i am really interested in how we respond when our expectations are not met and what kind of approach we can take to reacting or responding in better ways to those unmet expectations that feeds into a little bit of a reflection on loss of control and anger management I also take a little bit of time to remember the recently departed actors Jean-Paul Belmondo and Michael K. Williams and there is time at the end of the episode for a nice little rant about a particular type of wellness that I do not care for Otherwise, in the mix, there are some carnivorous chickens and intellectual snobbery, amongst other things. So I hope that's enough to intrigue you and entice you to listen further. I'll be with you shortly. Cheers. Ooh, not gonna change my mind, leaving the dream bed. Hi, my name is Dara Clear and you're listening to The Clear Out. How's she, how's she, how's she, how's she, how's she, how's she, going? How's she, how's she, how's she, how's she, how's she, going? <laughs> How you doing? Are you alright? Is this day going well? Goes the day well. That's an old, um, that's an old black and white movie, isn't it? Went the day well. Is it a war movie? I'm not sure. Anyway, there you are. So I'm feeling a little bit weary. Ah, poor old me. My daughter's been homesick for the last couple of days. And being respectful of COVID protocols and due caution, we've kept her home. Um, there's also some sort of plague of vomiting and diarrhoea <laughs> that's afflicting the school body. So yeah, we'll keep her back here. She's only had a, a bit of an old, bit of an old cold. Um, but yeah, it's uh, as lovely as it is to spend time with her. There's a there's a little mental drain on the brain energy, just having her around when I'm trying to. Get on with other things, and yes, that leads me to this episode's theme, which I think is expectations. And I find thwarted expectations, I believe that's a phrase I used in last week's episode thwarted expectations on a very even on a very mundane daily schedule kind of way i find them stressful like that's a that's a stress element um in my own life so if i have a little plan in my head i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that and then that gets kind of thrown out or uh thrown thrown off kilter that can yeah that can send me in a bit of a an internal tailspin so i i proceed through the day and outwardly there's an appearance of it's all fine but inside there's commotion there's tension there's upset there's agitation because my brain hasn't permitted the new reality to be just that it hasn't accepted it and so there's a little battle a conflict going on and some voice somewhere is going this day shouldn't have been like this it should have been another way and that word the good old should world word is it's a loaded word it's a it's a very judgy uh moralistic world word you should have i should have It implies ought, ought to. It implies the right thing to have happened uh, didn't happen. And there's a shaming aspect or a regret aspect to it. I should have, I should have, I should have read Ulysses. (laughs) Because I studied English literature and Ulysses was on the course. I guess that was the time i was meant to read it but i didn't i did enjoy the lectures though i, I enjoyed the um the lecturer we had for that particular uh module topic subject uh james joyce's ulysses gets its, its own its own thing in the the lecturer had a re- very dry dry laconic sort of delivery that seemed to suit the reading of the extracts from Ulysses that he bestowed upon us um, but I never read it I should have read it and there's that 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 um, internal snob in me that intellectual snob in me always chastises me for not having read this and for not having watched that I was thinking about this earlier today Reflecting on the the death of Jean-Paul Belmondo, the French actor who, most famously, I associate with uh, Breathless, which is in French, oh dear, a bout de souffle, is that right? Ah oui, c'est vrai, a bout de souffle, souffle. And I was thinking the tributes are going to be flowing for Jean-Paul. And I don't think I've seen him in anything else. And then I thought, well, I haven't seen him in anything else because for a lover of cinema, a so-called lover of cinema, I haven't taken in that many uh, non-English language movies over my life. A smattering here and there of Italian and French and Spanish and whatever else Korean um various Scandinavian offerings but I am not a huge consumer of world cinema as it uh, as it can be known in the English speaking world Um, and therefore I was giving out to myself there's a voice that goes off that goes Ugh, you're such a philistine you're such a populist goofball consuming your vast quantities of primarily american movies and i hang my head in shame because i can't wax lyrical about jean paul i simply think of him as oh yeah the french guy with the big nose (laughs) i'm sure i've been described that way oh yeah the irish guy with the the big nose but um but there you go what can i tell you um it's a funny old. It's a funny old. It's a funny one, isn't it? That, that. Where does that intellectual snobbery come from? Is that does that come from having gone to college? I don't know. Um, it's a strange one, because I, I don't. I don't really value it. Maybe I'm not chastising myself for not watching, but there's a maybe there's a ch- the chastisement is about laziness, indolence, not being a, a diligent student uh but there's only so much time there's only so much time isn't there to be consuming stuff um never say never never say never it it, it may come i may have a a belmondo it's great great it's a great name isn't it belmondo all right belmondo what's up um yeah anyway i'm gonna come back to like that that, that idea that, that idea of the shame and the expectations I mean they are connected of course so I should have done that and I should have watched all those Jean-Paul Belmondo movies and then I could dedicate an entire podcast to him and reveal, reveal. my deep extensive knowledge of the Nouvelle Vague the New Wave cinema and his various outings but I really just have this image of him um, with his sort of hands in his pockets and the shrugged up shoulders and the, the cigarette dangling from his, his lower lip and um, Gene Seberg with that pixie haircut and is it a New York Times t-shirt she wears in that movie? Um, I have a still in my mind, uh, a memorable black and white image from that movie. In any case, staying with deceased actors, the black actor, the American actor, that uh, Michael Michael K. Williams passed away, uh, who played Omar in The Wire and Chalky White in Boardwalk Empire, and he he appeared in some other things as well, Lovecraft County, which I haven't watched and he was also in that one that that movie that edward norton did motherless brooklyn um which uh, i'm not sure i'm not sure i mean uh, a passion project evidently motherless brooklyn is sort of a, a noirish tribute um detective movie set in new york and the new york of yesteryear and edward norton plays a uh yeah, like he's, he's basically, he's, he's, he's the, the protagonist of the movie trying to investigate the the death of a mentor, an in, a private investigator mentor. And Edward Norton is, what is he? He's got a lot of tics in it. I'm hesitating to say, I'm hesitating to say, uh, oh no, he has Tourette's, that's it, isn't it? Um, but Michael K. Williams is a character in that. And what was consistent, well, certainly in the stuff that I saw him in, he, um, he brought this tremendous <sighs> soulful pain to his characters and a great sort of groundedness and connectedness to the, to the earth. There was a kind of a weight to him and yet he was very sort of silky and fluid as an actor as well he was also in that mini series from last year or the year before the one directed by Ava DuVernay about the Central Park Five those young black men who were framed fundamentally for a brutal attack and rape on a a white female jogger in Central Park um Oh, i've just i've just gone blank on the name of that series. uh it may it may come to me quite a harrowing watch and michael k williams he plays the dad of one of the guys in it um famously of course those guys didn't donald trump take out an ad in one of the new york papers a full-page ad you know this is obviously long before his presidential run back in the um i'm hesitating to say 80s maybe it was early 90s but donald trump took out a full-page ad saying basically they should be hung or executed or bring back hanging of something absolutely grotesque um, in its overt racism and um it's kind of bloodlust and it's sensationalist uh it's 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 sensationalist kind of provocation but i mean i guess we've learned in over the subsequent years that that's that's that became trump's stock in trade anyway i'd rather not sully this uh remembrance this moment of remembrance by getting um bogged down in trump's venality and narcissism and wrongheadedness but michael k williams has died at 54 and I believe of a drug overdose he had a long history of misadventures with drugs uh, misadventures of addiction and I only heard recently um, like in the last I feel over the summer I listened to a wonderful interview with him on Mark Maron's, uh podcast WTF which stands for What The Fig doesn't stand for fig you know what the f stands for but um mark maron of course who speaks very candidly about his own history of addiction and he frequently connects very strongly with uh his the people he interviews uh, when they've had a similar background and it was a really nice interview but i just thought michael k williams came across so well very sincere honest open character who was walking the walk of recovery. And I really admired him as an actor. I thought he was always interesting. He was always unique, a very attractive actor who brought tremendous. As I said, like this, just this wonderful sort of soulfulness and carried pain, um, he always Brought a sort of a haunted, pained quality to his characters. But there was also a wonderful, a wonderful, um, a wonderful sort of appetite for life um, and, a, and a joyfulness um, and a, a, a great, I don't know, just, a, just this wonderful, palpable humanity, unafraid to own his pain. Um, and a, a presumably that came from Williams himself. And it's just really sad. It's just really sad that he's 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 died the way he did, and he's died so young. And yeah, it's just a, a real loss to to uh, the world of acting. That's really, yeah, I I I, was, I am I am deeply deeply saddened by it. Some actors are truly exceptional, and he was one of them. Um you can't say that you can't say that about all actors you know actors can be fun and entertaining and interesting and attractive and i'm using actors you know across genders um but very few actors have that real x x factor jesus christ what a shame to use that phrase just that that's something else and i i do believe it is connected to sort of pain or trauma that they cannot hide or, or or you know or the pain and trauma that is the rocket fuel of their gift um which is not to say i'm not a believer in i'm not a believer in this thing that you have to be you know have to live a chaotic tormented life to be a brilliant artist um I think that's just a it's just a coincidence. I think that's a cliche. Uh although although <laughs> I have often I have often questioned the um the mediocre achievements uh of my own acting career and I've often questioned that and attributed maybe my you know my, my inability to, to kick on as an actor to my own kind of sober, controlled, regimented life. That there's far too much self-control in me as a as a person. And that I can't shake that as an actor. Um, <laughs> that I'm too analytical. Everything gets processed. Processed by my head first. That a fear. A fear of showing emotion. Maybe because I'm afraid of my own emotions. I'm psychoanalyzing myself here. Anyway. Um, yeah. Michael K. Williams... May he rest in peace wherever he is now and may those who loved him come to peace with his passing. Um, but yeah, a real, a real loss. Um, so anyway, I wanted to get back to this idea of expectations and i will start i will start i mean i well, i already started talking about you know my daughter being home so that plays with my expectations for the, the 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 monday and tuesday of this week uh that are the relevant days in question and how that has you know she's let me just let me let me quickly say she's been a model a model citizen and been very respectful mm-hmm. of my uh <laughs> of my terms and has you know from her sick bed or on her sick couch has consumed some movies and we did we did get out this afternoon we we dropped in to see my dad and um we 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 went to the river she did not get in she was a bit annoyed about that but in any case grand but yeah expectations so I'm going to start with this premise that expectations are a form of fascism. How about that? That's extreme, isn't it? <laughs> Why go moderate when you can go extreme? But what I mean is expectations, if we if we insist on really entrenching them in our in our sort of in our future narrative expectations are a form of extreme control this is what's going to happen this is what i want to happen this is what this is what should happen this is what i expect to happen and that then i think leads us to conflict because that's a type of it's a type of schema that we impose on things that have yet to happen and is it not utterly logical that we cannot control the future any more than we can control the past so the the core idea here then is one of control so expectations are possibly one of the most futile things we can have and I'll give you an example, okay? Uh, one of one of many perhaps that will ensue. But earlier today, I sat down to record a meditation. (laughs) This is part of the work I'm doing for Aura. Feel your Aura, Aura, the meditation and wellness and sleep app that I've been doing some work for over the last couple of months and i wanted to record a meditation about being a parent to yourself so i did and i didn't in that in that recording i did not use the word the phrase inner child once uh but i do and why i i think inner child has a it has a very particular connotation maybe it's just been overused and things that get overused or stereotyped or cliched lose their power they lose their potency and so you can reframe the idea and i like the idea of learning how to be a parent to yourself or accessing that voice in yourself that is that is caring that is nurturing that is it's it's fundamentally a voice of unconditional love so a voice of non-judgment and so I wrote a type of mantra or affirmation around this idea of the ever present positive voice as an antidote to, I think, what a lot of us have, which is an ever present negative voice. And I, yeah, I wanted to just make that a thing and I called it meditation, being apparent to yourself. And so. I was sort of, I had it written out, a bit of a, not every single word, but just the rough structure. And I came into my little recording room. My daughter was out in the other room watching, I think she was watching videos of octopuses. And yes, I'm going to go there. Octopuses? Octopi. Videos of more than one octopus. That is what she was looking at. Uh, I'm not exactly sure where this interest in octo, oct, <laughs> multiple octopuses has come from. Uh, but there you go. That's what she was doing. Now, who could be worried about that? I had a friend tell me last week, uh, one of my friends lives in Colombia. He recently got married to a Colombian woman and is over there in Bogota. And he was telling me about... ...a cartoon that his wife's daughter watches. And it was some kind of Japanese manga-style cartoon. Uh, So this is a particular genre of animation. And I think his wife's daughter is nine. And he was just describing how... ...there were very... ...well there were for him some very alarming ideas and messages in the cartoon that this this girl has been consuming a lot of uh ideas around self-harm suicide uh killing people and he he wanted to do some research on it and he was speaking to someone in uh in policing or security Um, there in in Bogota who essentially said that yeah that 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 type of material is often used for for grooming and part of the dynamic is to cultivate uh, secrecy to cultivate a culture of secrecy and not sharing and privacy in the child and clearly that is to make the child to break the confidence as in the confiding bond a child may have with their their parents and that is a very potent um very dangerous and sinister wedge that can be exploited by by those who who want to do what they want to do to young people Um, so there you go Uh, anyway that's that's a bit of an alarming and disturbing segue Um, but my daughter was watching videos of marine life so there you go she was doing that I came into the recording room this morning to record that meditation and it's a meditation and it's a meditation designed to bring the listener to a very gentle self-caring place it is also a meditation designed perhaps to be listened to at night time it is a meditation designed to help someone get to sleep and therefore i tap into my own sort of energy and try to get into a place of being very calm in my delivery And I use a tone of voice that is, um, you know, calm and reassuring and gentle to to, to a very extreme level, to the point of, you know, of, of caricature in terms of that sort of. And now I want you to go to a very quiet place in yourself where you feel safe. Where you feel calm, where you cannot be harmed, and I was in the middle of this kind of thing. They are not the exact words of the meditation, and I was just beginning. I was going on the journey. I go on the journey myself, and there has to—I I try to have a sort of a, a fluidity and a continuity, and keep that energy in the right place. <laughs> anyway, I was just kind of going, da 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 da, and next thing suddenly, and eruption of right outside my window. And those bloody chickens. Oh my goodness. There you go. There's a disturbance right there. Those bloody chickens had transgressed. They had crossed the border from the back garden to the front garden. And there's been a lot of Yeah, they've they've been migrating into the the front side of hashtag blessed. Uh, This is all you know. There's always a story. We I mentioned in a previous episode that we had moved the chickens up onto the mezzanine garden uh, and put them in a pre-existing, a little bit dilapidated, but a pre-existing coop up there. So we shifted, relocated their hen house. Because we were sick of them flying away. We've got these magic flying chickens. They had to be special. We just couldn't get normal, bog-standard chickens. They have to be these flying Polish chickens with their half-Mexican rooster friend. And we were sick of them getting spooked and flying off. So I said, all right, we'll keep them in the coop all day. But in the last week or so, my wife's inclination to want those chickens to be happy and loved and cared for um, has meant that we've been letting them out again so releasing them not only from their hen house within the coop but then releasing them from the coop so they can do a bit more free-rangey stuff and drop down from the mezzanine to the back garden but then they're back up to their old shenanigans up onto the fence, walk along the fence drop down to the front side of the cottage and then you kind of round them up, bring them back anyway whatever i mean and, and they've also they've also started laying eggs i think that did get a mention last week uh so that's quite exciting little small pretty eggs but um yeah there they were this morning wrecking wrecking my head because they kept coming around here having a squawk i ran out i ran out of here chased them chased them back to the other side came back in here got my energy back in the right place went to resume the recording started that and they're outside the window again i'm like oh my god mother figure out through the door again chase them around again and i mean the rage if i i mean it's just as well i don't have a gun i mean this this is this is the beauty of not having guns when you're angry, you can't kill someone with a gun. You might have to find another way of killing them, like picking up a trampoline and throwing it at them, or looking for a, a conveniently placed stick to bludgeon them to a feathery death, a feath. feth. Uh, oh, lads. Anyway, that was, I think, three or four times in a row. So what should have been maybe 45 minutes of just concentrated undisturbed recording um and finishing of that meditation which is i think only 12 minutes long that ends up being almost two hours work because of these chicken interruptions and that's what i'm talking about expectations (laughs) expectations expectations shattered Ruined, decimated. And for me, and I definitely, definitely have quite a bit of control freak in me. I like order. I like ritual. I like routine. I like systems. Oh, man. I mean, how can, how, I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, I I hear myself list that off and you think, how in God's name would I ever be able to just be happy and content? because it's just a very um, it's not a very realistic uh, set of values with which to meet the world because the world is chaos and people are chaos and animals to an extent are chaos and those chickens those lovely delightful chickens who let me just let me let me, let me let me be clear it's not that I don't also derive pleasure from seeing the chickens bop around the place and you know you do that thing you anthropomorphize the chickens and project you know those human characteristics and create little personalities in your head and that becomes a humorous sort of narrative you tell yourself about the chickens and you know there's a a cutification and a a disnification that I think we're all susceptible of are susceptible to um, and I am no different in that regard so those lovely chickens you know God bless them they're so lovely and cute and yeah I was like yeah yeah let the chickens out and okay that'll be fine and they destroyed demolished ruined my peace this morning when I was trying to record I got there in the end but anyway later on I was looking out. they were back on the other side of hashtag blessed and I was looking at them and one of them who i do consider the main culprit the main transgressor the leader of the pack the one who seems to be the first to jump the fence i mean they're like it is it's it's like a prison drama you know it's like a prison drama except we only have three prisoners so it should be quite easy to police this prison it should be quite easy to be a prison warden here when you've only got three bloody prisoners but you take your eye off them and that's what prisoners thrive on, they thrive. How does a prisoner survive? They, they they survive, you know, in the spaces where they're not being looked at, presumably having never been to prison. But I'm I'm gleaning this from the various shows and movies I've watched over the years. The life is away from the eyes. It's away from the cameras and it's also where the scary stuff happens but that's I guess that's part of the deal that's part of the ecosystem uh, of the prison and so our chickens are no different and so there's squawks these squabbly squawky skirmishes when I'm out there you know wishing I had something to beat them with (laughs) can you feel it can you feel the anger can you feel my own bloodlust uh, I mean it, it's a terrible thing isn't I mean I just had this terrible this terrible thought I'm hesitating to reveal it but isn't it interesting the kill instinct it's 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 it. it, 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 it oh, I'm, I'm really hesitating here but I wonder if the kill, <laughs> the kill instinct is similar to the sex instinct the 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 execution of the act the fulfilment of the act kills the feeling the fulfilment of the act leaves you spent on the other side now I can't speak for the female experience um, I can only speak for the male experience and my own experience and it's a cliche and yeah I'm sorry um, you know it's it, it, it's very unnuanced but that was that just jumped in my head So if I if I had satisfied my desire to kill, as soon as I had done it, I would have regretted it. I'm sure I would have been mortified. Imagine turning, you know, explaining that to my daughter. Yeah, I just killed the chickens. Why? Because they interrupted my meditation recording. Your what? My meditate. What are you doing? It's a meditation recording. What's that? Well, I. Oh my God! So you killed the chickens. Because you were trying to speak in a, a in a wussy voice into your big microphone, and think you're a legend helping people, and that's why you killed the chickens, three living organisms. That's great. You're a great advocate for wellness. Are you going to put that? Are you going to put that on the app? How I killed three chickens? <laughs> oh my goodness! Anyway, listen. The chickens. So I went out later today, and. The main, the one I consider the, cul- the main culprit. And by, you know, and by the way, you know, these are the three chickens that I consider part of the uh, part of the production team of the Clear Out. So Charlotte, she's the, um, the alpha. So you've got the rooster, but the rooster isn't really an alpha. He's too caught up in his own self-importance and his posturing and fluffing out his feathers and jumping on the poor females every now and again. But really I feel Charlotte is the power She's the brains of the outfit and she does her own thing. So I was looking across the the garden and going, what's Charlotte got in her mouth? Because she was kind of pecking and flicking something in the air. And I was like, that's weird. What is it? Is it a leaf, a bit of wood? What would it be? And so I, I went over to have a look and she had caught and killed a little mouse and i was thinking oh my goodness do chickens kill mice is that what they do i suppose they do i mean they probably have some they're probably like alligators you know alligators infamously have this extraordinarily powerful bite and i suppose proportionally a chicken's peck must be a very powerful thing you know coming down at velocity with that that uh, pecking trajectory i suppose if you're a little mouse that is potentially a killer Um, unless they found a dead mouse anyway peck flick look peck flick look peck flick look that was the the little the little ritual the little rhythm that was being you know um acted out and i was a little bit grossed out by it, not not really squeamish, but it just felt a bit like, oh dear, poor little mouse. And I didn't want my daughter to see because she's having a bit of a, she's having some issues with the chickens at the moment, particularly the um the rooster Edwina. Edwina can kind of <laughs> Edwina, the half Mexican Randy rooster, can be a little bit sinister and ominous when he he does this thing where he kind of puffs up his feathers and makes a little run at you, and he's this kind of. Black rooster. He's there's a bit of yeah. It can be a little bit scary. Anyway, my daughter gets really freaked out, so I didn't want her to come out and then see one of the other chickens killing a mouse or playing with a dead mouse. I just thought that wouldn't do anything, anything for the uh, the chickens. Their 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 rap their cred with my daughter. They just need a bit of better PR at the moment. Anyway, I I went back out to dispose of this mouse once my daughter's my daughter wasn't looking. And what did I find? I found. second dead mouse but this one was a baby so a baby mouse that had been i believe swallowed and regurgitated so it was gross i then found the original mouse which was like a small adult i would say and these are not very these aren't like they're not like they're not like city rats or city rodents like country mice (laughs) they're clean you know they look like clean little woodland animals they look very natural and healthy (laughs) not those ones not the two i found in the garden they didn't look healthy they looked dead because that's what they were but i did feel sorry for them and i was thinking wow was this like a juvenile or a young adult and its child were they skittering across the garden and Charlotte got them or the hens collectively got them and pecked them to death and then thought I'll eat this chicken I'll eat this mouse sorry thought I'll eat this little thing I've caught and swallow it and hock it back up oh man not good anyway I had to just get a shovel and dispose of them kind of fling them into the, the nearby woods Uh, so the point I'm making is you know the cuddly fluffy lovely cute little anthropomorphised chickens are cold-blooded killers yeah there you go that's what's going on that's what's going on at hashtag blessed carnage death blood infanticide well in whatever the, the the mouse equivalent of that is it's dark stuff and of course that makes you think of Ted Hughes and his his particular voice and his particular eye and his particular relationship with dark nature and the product is beautiful poetry beautiful poetry from Ted Hughes so thanks Ted thanks for thanks for going the other way Uh, but look um yeah, that's a that's, that's that's quite a quite a little uh episode within an episode on the chickens. Um but this idea then of expectations. So I'm asking myself and this is yeah, you know, this is relevant to me because I, I mean I look at myself and I recognize this control impulse in myself and how losing control or having that control challenged compromised deviated deflected whatever that is a trigger for me that's a that's a source of anger for me and i know with my daughter it's a flashpoint with my daughter and i go oh my goodness i'm really getting instantly furious with my daughter at times And when I step back and get perspective, I'm going, why? Over what? Something trivial, something insignificant. But the underpinning driver of that anger or that reaction and that heat, that escalation, that volcanic heat is control. And an expectation on my part of Compliance, an expectation of falling in with my system, falling in with my expectation. And I'm really talking to myself at the moment because I'm like, I do not want my daughter's memories to be, oh yeah, yeah, my dad, I like him a lot and he's funny and he's a good guy and we have a lot of good memories, but also he's a psycho and used to get crazy angry over nothing that is not what i want and that's not something my daughter controls that's something i control and if you can't hear it i'm kind of no, i'm angry at myself i you know i'm disappointed with myself because it's it's excessive the reaction is excessive it's 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 disproportionate and it's it's not only outward i mean i mean it's a loss of control on many levels it's me being angry because I've lost control of the outside world and then the result is a loss of my own self-control and a loss of my own temper and again let's remind ourselves of that idea of tempering something Uh, so the blacksmith tempers steel it tempers the sword or it tempers it it the blacksmith the blacksmith he she tempers the steel tempers the tool so why so the tool (laughs) and this has come up before and now i'm referring to myself as the tool so the tool can withstand shit so the tool can withstand life so the tool can withstand being used for its purpose so a sword can cut through enemies and it'll still be a good sword a spade can dig the soil or, or a fork can or a hoe or whatever the hell you know whatever else a blacksmith makes um, I, I, I'm struggling for that word to describe the uh, oh andirons is it? andirons? is that the, the word that you can use collectively for those, the, the, those assemb- that, that, that assemblage of steel utensils that would stand beside a fireplace you know the kind of thing you'd reach for and use as a murder weapon in a flash of temper (laughs) oh my god good luck listen expectations i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep repeating it just to keep grounding us in this idea so what i am exploring in my mind as i speak right now is can can we be truly detached from expectations that's probably not very realistic is it because we sort of build our world around results i had that experience with that person I had that experience when I went to that place. I had that experience when I ate that food, drank that drink. Uh, I had that experience when I conducted myself that way. And if they are positive experiences, or, or negative of course, that those experiences and those results condition our behaviour. They condition our view of ourselves they condition our conviction about ourselves and about the world we move in now that then becomes our template that becomes our template that guides us on it's not subconscious it's and it's not unconscious and it's less than conscious this is more like muscle memory it's the equivalent of muscle memory isn't it so once you've learned how to turn a handle on a door once you've learned how to uncap a bottle or uncap unscrew a a, a, the lid off an unopened jam jar once you've learned how to do that you don't need to be taught again it's assimilated it's assimilated knowledge i mean that's what muscle memory is fundamentally isn't it um I mean imagine if your muscles never remembered how to do anything. I mean that that's possibly a medical condition that would be horrendous having to relearn every single time. I mean how how much time would you spend in your it, it's it's like being a, it, it would be like being a permanent toddler, a permanent baby, a permanent infant. Show me again like getting that that digital function learning how to grip learning how to use your fingers your hands and learning the most basic movements uh so if we take that analogy of muscle memory and then apply that to how we learn how to conduct ourselves in the world and how we learn about who we are in different relationships and what works for us and what doesn't work for us and how we learn about our relationship with nature, how, what we learn about our relationship with sport, with activity, what we learn about our relationship with food, with, with drink, with cities, with cars, with bicycles, with movies, with music. All of those things, that all becomes a learned experience that we assimilate and then that informs expectations. And therefore, expectations are enormously powerful. They're enormously powerful because we are led by them. So, you know, think about it. If I've, and I've said this before, like I build my own life and my own sort of wellness infrastructure, I build it around routine, ritual. I build it around exercise. I build it around first principles that I return to again and again and again why because I expect them to restore me I expect them to reset me I expect them to put me back in a place from where I can begin again in a calm healthy uh, positive way and that is all built on experience and expectation So, oh, fuck. So, for example, I am yearning, yearning to go back to the cinema. The cinemas are open again. And yeah, I'm really keen to get back in the cinema. And I'm romanticizing it. I'm almost fetishizing it in my head uh, to go, you know, with my wife and daughter, to go alone, to go just with my daughter, to go just with my wife, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, Because I have an expectation. That just to be immersed in that environment again is going to give me a lot of pleasure now what happens you go to the cinema and there's some numpties sitting below you or in front of you and they're on their phones or they're jibber jabbering all the way through the movie and that's it ruined expectation shattered yeah so then therefore the challenge is not it's not to change expectations the challenge is how to react or what to condition in yourself to respond with greater sort of equanimity, with greater patience and with greater detachment when your expectations are not met, when your expectations are shattered into smithereens when they evaporate before your eyes so what does one do to to allow for that possibility to allow for the thwarted expectation the deviated expectation uh i want to say deviated septum there for some reason it just came in my head and that has nothing to do with expectations unless your expectation is when i decide to become a late in life rock star and consume vast quantities of corrosive uh drugs up my nose then perhaps i will have a deviated septum that is my expectation or maybe if i decide i'm going to become a boxer not even a professional I don't need to be a professional to get into a ring and get my nose broken that would perhaps cause a deviated septum uh it would only take one punch um yeah I'm thinking of horrendous apocryphal stories about Stevie Nicks from Fleetwood Mac but uh this is neither the time nor the place to go to that particular spot if you know what I mean um yeah so i am wondering if and and then again and i'm not a student of buddhism but there are certain aspects of how i conduct myself and live my life and think there are zen-ish aspects to it a kind of um sort of an, a, a balance and a moderation and a middle way that I always seem to find myself pursuing a unfussy, uncluttered stillness and clarity of action and purpose. I guess that's that's kind of part of what I try to achieve or um, implement in my in my life. Uh, again, I mean, I, I hear myself say it and I go, oh my God, like... what are you thinking you fool there are so many elements in your life that pull against that or fly in the face of it but that's okay that's that's kind of what i'm talking about i'm talking about this that's kind of at the heart of what i'm talking about this the meeting point of expectation and reality and so maybe it's the meeting point also of hope and reality the meeting point of plans and reality the meeting point of systems and reality um, and then you can just reduce it all and go it's just the meeting point of, of me and reality just like it could be the meeting point of you and reality but what I'm driving towards is when it comes to the expectations not being met when it comes to the expectations becoming something else entirely then I'm wondering about the the Buddhist idea of, of, of detachment of not attaching value of not attaching worth of not attaching the good bad dichotomy to experience and rather the rather the idea of just going it is what it is and be present with what it is now i say that and i always find myself feeling a bit skeptical and feeling um feeling like i don't entirely trust that template and maybe that's a vanity thing maybe it's because i sort of in there's part of me that enjoys my anger as messed up as that might sound there's a part of me that values it there's a part of me that trusts it as an instinctive Uh, barometer Um, and so therefore there's a you know there's a bit of tension then between this idea of you know detachment and you don't need to react you don't need to get so angry you can just you know acknowledge the new reality acknowledge the new reality and exhale I did this the other night I I was at the table was it last night or a couple of nights ago there was something going down (laughs) <laughs> something going down probably between me and my daughter and i'm sure it revolved around dinner and i'm sure i was getting a bit a bit angry a bit snappy maybe just a little bit shouty and I, I, I get i'm like a dog with a bone and i'm suddenly just being i'm suddenly being driven by the emotion i'm not really being driven by the facts of the case i'm not really being driven by analysis or good healthy communication I just get overtaken by the emotion, which is this kind of composite anger, frustration, irritation. And I think my wife came over and just said, Okay, come on, just pipe down. No, she didn't, she didn't say, she wouldn't, she wouldn't have said pipe down, but calm it down, maybe. <laughs> I probably deserve to be told to pipe down. Um, and like my daughter, as I have recorded previously, she was like, "You're being mean to me. You're just, you know, stop talking to me that way." And then that's a real jolt for me. It's a real reality check. And then I'm like, "No, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. You're you're right. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be speaking to you that way." And then I explained to her, "This is why it annoys me. This is what this is what's making me upset." But you're right. I'm I'm overreacting, and I apologize. <laughs> now I can't remember if it was before I said that or after I said that, but I did this sort of. Uh, this physical gesture of throwing quite vigorous exhalations up to the ceiling like a big like I'm throwing my hot air up into space (laughs) and you know it's basically it's just an action repeated three or four times and over the years I have found that gesture very helpful and I don't think my wife had witnessed it for quite some time because I saw her doing a a what the fig kind of double take from her uh, from the, I think she was sitting on the couch at that stage and I just think she was looking at me going holy shit, I am married to a lunatic because it was just, there was a a look of (laughs) there was a look of kind of this combined horror, disdain, repulsion, and incredulity, and probably disappointment. <laughs> She's probably going, oh, sweet Jesus, uh, this guy is an absolute idiot. Uh, I think, yeah, she gives me that look also sometimes when, um, sometimes I have a, <laughs> if my, if, if my ear, my ear is itchy, like my, my earlobe, the back of the ear, and instead of scratching it like a normal human i kind of flick it i do a, a quick repetitive flicking action like i'm a bloody dog now it's not with my hind leg it's with whichever the correct hand to use is for the relevant ear um so if i was if i was trying to if i was trying to you know stretch or twist the uh, the left hand around to the right ear that would be that would be ludicrous Then I would be insane. But no, no. If it's the right ear, I use the right hand and I just give it a quick (laughs) and yeah. I mean, sure. I I guess I, you know, maybe there is a dog in me. The irony, the irony. Because I, I do think of myself as a cat person. Hence, hence those treasured positions on the production team being assigned to the resident cats in hashtag blessed marlon head of marketing love you love you guy except she's a girl love you girl and ruby uh the assistant the assistant to the head of marketing the marketing assistant yeah anyway um i don't know that that, that's that's a couple of things i do so yes the the expectations I guess the 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 pathway is I, I like the idea I always talk to myself about planting planting something planting something like plant the seed plant the seed in your head in your being that will leave you better equipped in the event of that kind of known trigger um i mean the the what i'd compare that to you, you know instead of staying in the 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 idea of future planning and thinking that far ahead i, I mean i used to talk about this and you know when i was teaching karate um or, or you know and, and i still do teach karate but it, i talk about you know planting the seed of of energy So before I step into the dojo, I've already sort of done that work, I've already done the, the preparatory work in my head. I'm coming into a space that is going to make demands of me. I'm coming into a space that's going to require a level of effort and commitment and concentration and focus and a level of positive aggression. Um A level of assertive physical fire that is central to the execution to the to the execution of effective martial arts and anytime I was training or teaching that prep work would be done like from the moment I woke up that morning that seed would be planted going okay at this time tonight for two hours three hours you're going to need to deliver, so have it ready. It's uh, it's just a simple bit of mental prep, um, and it's it, you know it's it's not just it's not mental in terms of mapping out a plan. It's it's like a it's like a psychological girding, um, a psychological reinforcement or priming. That means it's accessible. It's very quickly accessible when required. And the same, the same sort of model, um, the same dynamic, I would use for acting, particularly doing theatre. When you're in a run for several weeks, and you have your daily ritual, and I don't, I'm sure most actors are the same. You you wake up on the morning and you know you have a show that day. Sometimes two, and so you are, you're in a, a state of conserving energy but leaving yourself in this kind of primed state because you know you're going to have to deliver uh, later that night or twice that day. And it's this amazing, you know, it, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a lovely thing. It's a, it's a lovely sort of managed potency that, um, <laughs> again, that's that speaks to my fondness for control and systems and planning um but what i'm talking about now today and this is a challenge i'm challenging myself because this is a way of sort of managing stress and managing agitation and tempering my own in my own irritability and short temperedness at times around stuff that maybe doesn't warrant it and this is a this is a theme. This is a theme for me. Get angry about the right stuff. Um, For example, my my cousin popped in for a cup of tea at hashtag blessed yesterday and he was only in the door and I went on a bit of a rant. <laughs> uh, how uncharacteristic. I went on a rant about a form of wellness that I really don't like. And... I'm going to remind you this podcast, the clear out. If you look at the uh, the logo, the ident, artwork, it's a picture of me making a stupid face. That's meant to be a sort of a, a confused face, a a face of exasperation and befuddlement. Um, it's meant to be a little bit funny to indicate I don't take myself too seriously but the the title of the podcast is there the clear out and the subtitle is wellness with attitude and if you read the description the permanent description of the podcast i have a line there that says i'm trying to take the wuss out of wellness now you know That's maybe just a bit of a you know bit of a funny thing to say. Um, It's trying to go wellness with a bit of a barb, wellness with a spike, wellness with a with a bit of a bitter aftertaste. Because I kind of think that's that's more reflective of reality. And you know, wuss is a bit of a pejorative term, and maybe that indicates that I I lack compassion, or perhaps I'm, I'm critical of someone who's in a very soft place. Are a very vulnerable place. Um, that is not the case. That is, uh, I, I trust. If you've listened to any of the episodes so far, I trust you get that. That's not where I'm coming from. Um, it's really that 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 line I use to take the wuss out of wellness. I suppose it speaks to my sense of humor. But there is a type of wellness that really pushes a button in me, and you know, there's a lot of people out there that advocate. Uh, and this is I think it's just part of the the age we live in the social media age and it's fundamentally this high octane super amped hyper achieving wellness I find it detestable I find it ludicrous I find it airless and brainless and it's you know it's kind of an instagramification of of wellness it's a curated wellness it's a performative wellness it's an evangelical wellness that i reject on every level because wellness to me is not about you know this hyper optimization it's it's much more moderate and human and flawed and and frail and vulnerable um, than that and I think to me wellness is it's finding that line it's finding the line you can walk where you can come to an accommodation with the the less perfect parts of yourself where you can redress certain imbalances where you can have a proportionate wellness in place that allows you to be grounded which allows you to be flawed which allows you to be flabby which allows you to be creased Um, it's not about soft light photos of bodily perfection in yoga pants uh, it's not about your latest kettlebell regime where you can you know build enormous muscle mass and be an alpha dog whether you're male or female whatever I don't care it's like that's not wellness that's that's modeling that's that's a you know it's it's a it's it's a fashion window and it's fadism and it's just rolling from one obsession to the next and it's screaming from the the rooftops say hey, you've just done 877 down dogs in a row as if as if that's the bloody thing Yeah, you know, wellness should make you quiet wellness should put you into a place of humility and ease and effortlessness not endless effortful perfection I just go, God almighty, get out of my face with that shite. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe I'm not advocating wellness at all. Uh, maybe I've completely got the, the wrong end of the stick here. Um, But that kind of thing, that kind of thing, yeah, you can stick it. It's, you know, the, again, like the curated, you know, galleried wellness that's um that's not what i'm trying to do that's not what i'm about that's not what i value that's not what i advocate and yeah i just think it 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 just becomes it, it, it that that approach takes all of the oxygen out of it and it also becomes a bit of a a bit of an enormous love-in, a kind of a mutual appreciation society. And, Leo, you know, let's all go to an event where we're just being unbelievably well together. Uh, I'm getting into treachery, treacherous territory here, I know. Um, there's nothing wrong with hanging out with good people. God, I mean, that's that's a great thing, isn't it? Uh, speaking of which, I was at a great party at the weekend where my, my beautiful wife performed some music for the first time in a long time and my god it was a pleasure it was a pleasure to hear her sing to see her in her power and she played a couple of new songs a couple of original new original songs of her own which were brilliant and yeah i don't know just fills me with love for her um yeah i was and it was a great party and it was, uh, the, the 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 person being celebrated he threw it and the guy knows had to put on a party so uh thanks bob Thanks Bob if you're listening, that was a great one. Um that's wellness. Good people together, having a good time, you know, but not banging on about it to everyone. So look, um on that note, I will I will love you and leave you with my own my own little brand of wellness. So stay imperfect, stay flawed, own it, love, love what you are as you are in this moment and uh you know you know tomorrow's another chance this evening whenever is another chance it's another chance to step into a better space those chances never go away that's that's the kind that's the kind of wellness i believe in there's always a chance to step into a better place always uh believe that feel it uh plant that seed you can you can send me some love in in monetary form if you so desire. You can support the podcast uh on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com forward slash the clear out and make a regular donation to this independent podcast. You can also use the supporter link, which you'll find in the description for the episode that you're listening to wherever you're listening that's supporter where you can make a one-off donation donation the 101 donations donations uh and also in the description you will see the twitter account and the facebook page and the instagram page for the clear out podcast Uh, and also an email that clear out live at gmail.com if you wish to communicate or put anything out there on social media that sends the podcast some love i'd be really grateful because i'd love to get more ears more ears on the show and keep this thing rocking for as long as i can because i'm enjoying it and i hope you are too okay listen thank you so much for listening thank you for giving me your ears giving me your time your attention a little part of your day i am very grateful sincerely and i look forward to being here again soon okay take care all the best mind yourselves bye bye good luck